0: Good evening, there we, go. there we go, we are on live. live, if you're joining us, we are fixing to start in about 30 seconds, hold the phone, we'll be right back,
1: <laughs> I oh,
0: is that your book, yeah. okay. hi. hi, Lisa, Hello. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Last time we met, John was in charge, and y'all uh, met back there in the other room, and you got all the miracles studied, right? Is that correct? Yes. For those of you listening later, this is in chapter 5, section 2 and section 3. They went through a lot of miracles that Jesus did and then towards the last of the section you got into some that Paul and Peter and different ones did right okay now I have a question for you which one was your
1: favorite My of the miracles putting you on the spot I think I think my favorite of the of the miracles and it's one that I've uh and it's only recently that it's Kind of been established as my first one is, whenever is one of the first ones that's mentioned in Mark, where he um, healed the the man with the unclean spirit in the in the synagogue, Mm -hmm. and the reason why is just because he did it right in their faces, and they were just completely baffled, and they were and I think was it after that one that he said there are six days to heal the sick. And you can only do it on those one of those six days, not on the on the on the Sabbath. I'm like, it, it just it just makes me laugh that that people were yeah. their their legalism was so strong that they couldn't so even obvious. recognize the miracle with, yeah, in front yeah. of their faces.
2: Good
0: one. Anybody else? Angie, what was yours? The Syrophoenician woman. I, oh. I love that That's one. So I much had much preached much. on it even not long ago. Not long ago. Yeah. Yeah. give me the crumbs. And
2: she thought a crumb would be enough because he's just a little crumb or one word from him is so powerful. Yeah. That's my
0: too. That's why you want to say something, Lisa? Lisa's saying that's her favorite too. Oh, oh,
3: yeah, microphone. No, I was just saying that's the one I was going to say as well, just because, um, you know, she wasn't... uh a Hebrew woman. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't Jewish, yeah. and um, he even pushed her. Yeah. Like he pushed her emotionally, you know, and and really tested whether she was just going to tuck tail and and run and just that's accept. what I like. You know, he really pushed her, and she said, "Nope, just a crumb. Just I'll take yeah. I'll take your table scraps." You yeah. Know, and she was healed.
0: He was almost to the point of rude, you know. Really, I mean. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Just, just, to, just to <laughs> see.
1: And, and who says that God or Jesus
0: never offended anybody (laughs) yeah there you go there you go that's why
1: (laughs) they killed (laughs)
0: him yeah there you go well I just wanted to (laughs) to get y'all's opinion on the ones you liked and again there's so many miracles yeah I think I gave y'all a sheet I don't know if it was in this book or of the 27 different miracles of healings and different things that that Matthew Mark Luke and yeah okay y'all have it okay one thing I want to, we're going to wrap this thing up, this this book, and get into knowing the doctors. But on page 50, there was something here that really caught my attention that I really liked. It's about middle of the page. And I, and I really, if, if you're, some of you may be writers eventually. I know you're going to be writing your sermons and stuff, and I have volumes and volumes of stuff that if I ever wrote a book, I've always thought about doing a, another book, I'm working on one about my life, but another book about just short five to ten minute type sermons, you know, from all the sermons that I've done over the years, but anyway, right here he says this I would like to add for my brethren in the ministry, and my sisters he didn't put that in there, but I am, that I have found the same divine help for my mind and brain as for my body having much writing and speaking to do, I have given my pen and my tongue to Christ to possess and use and he has so helped me that my literary work has never been a labor he has enabled me to think much more rapidly and to accomplish much much more work and with greater facility than ever before so there's healing for the mind and the brain too good stuff isn't it just to uh he gives his testimony here, and I, I told you all to read that. And it basically, you know, he he, uh, you know, was preaching, wearing himself out, struggled with work <coughs> for 20 years. I think he said for more than 20 years I was a sufferer from my physical infirmities and disabilities. And eventually he's out in the woods, uh, I believe it was. Let's see. It was on a Friday afternoon at the hour of 3 o'clock. I went out into the silent... Pi- Pinewoods. Yeah, that's what it was. And uh, I remember the very spot. Anyway, he had a divine uh, encounter with the living God. And then it was, you know, his strength came back. He was climbing mountains. He was doing all kinds of stuff. So uh, and he even tells here, I think, you know, how many sermons at one point he was doing in a year. I, I had some of those stats, and I've lost them. Anyway, just he closes that chapter out on his own personal bodily healing by saying that you know you, you can pray for healing for your mind and for your brain you know writing all these books to be, to be used. yeah yeah to be divinely used so I just wanted to throw that in there all right right, will uh jump to page 54 just want to do a few things on uh Christian science just say a few things about it I don't think now John didn't say anything about it did he okay so that's on page 54. Uh, this is something of course most of us are going to remember who who the the guy that was really Tom Cruise, you know, that was really into the Scientology. Yeah, Scientology and and all of that stuff. And wasn't we worship a fiction writer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Christian, yeah, you'll you'll see churches nowadays Christian Science. I mean, there's actually churches that that really preach this. Oh yeah, Yeah, exactly. But uh, anyway, this was question 10 on the, on the handout there. I think we went over those a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this philosophy, here's several things about it it denies that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, it denies the reality of Christ's body. What it, about it's Christian? Yeah, yeah. It is anti Christian. There it is. That's the next one. It's anti Christian in its teaching. So, yeah, why would you name something Christian? science when there's it's nothing to do uh, it's just science
1: science is christ that's where that's where they get the idea of christian science oh. science
3: It's just like a weird hybrid. I don't, yeah. know. I don't, know. I don't know how to say
0: it. Some not really, some really weird uh, doctrines and, and beliefs. Uh, down at the bottom of that page, it's there's a whole bunch of them here. Not, we're, we're not going to take the time to run through all of these, but uh, here's their platform. There's neither a personal deity, a personal devil, nor a personal man. So moral, uh, yeah, that God is principle and not person. That God, which is the perfect mind or principle, including the perfect idea, is all that is real or eternal. A spirit is the only substance, even the substance of things hoped for. Everything, anyway, goes on and on there. But you can just uh, see—it's you know—he makes even one comment here that it's a little bit like Buddhism, as has been said by someone before. But much like English deism and idealism combined with German pantheism. It denies explicitly the existence of matter, the creation of the material universe by God, the atonement of Jesus Christ, and the distinctive doctrines of the Christian system. So again, if you ever run into someone like this, you know,
1: huh? <laughs> like like have you Collins ever Colin's reaction to you <laughs> saying that they deny the existence of matter was priceless. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like <laughs> do they have eyes? Better yet, have they ever opened an actual Bible? Exactly. i sitting here, like, how do you deny the existence of matter? Yeah. like, do they know what atoms are? Yeah. Or molecules? Polymers are really fun. They should look those up. I'm telling you. So,
0: yeah, weird we're ducks. If you see somebody bound up in that, you ought to be able, I would think, to. Win them to Christ, right? Unless they're I'll give, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, give it my best shot. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard to argue with
1: somebody without just slapping across the, the back of their head if they can't believe in matter. But
0: yeah. It doesn't matter about matter. Yeah, matter doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: there you go. It's all relative, right?
0: Right. Okay. Now. This is going to be a good book. I'm excited. Knowing the doctrines of do the I? Bible. Oh, yeah, you yeah. have. You have. So, do you want to stay for for this yeah. part? I'll stay for the intro. Okay. All right. Whatever will you do with your alternating Tuesday evening now? Yeah. Be productive. Be productive. He's a graduate. Let's give Colin a big hand. Clap as of officially right now. Colin is a Bible college graduate congratulations what's the average number of scriptures used for sermon that's been my question today six okay. mine probably you use a lot of ten. ten I'm like I don't know if you would use you as a reference <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. but I've seen some get up and read their text and never go back to it <laughs> yeah that, yeah, back in the day, they'll.
3: usually take like a whole chapter and bust it apart. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I. That's exegetical. Which you'll, you, you I did that, that
1: on Saturday. I had like yeah. all of uh, Galatians 6. And yeah. it just kind of like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did it. Was she here for the. the no. no, you weren't here for no, the, no, the I sermons. No, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: wait. Yes, I did. I did the sermons, but yeah. it was my first book. Oh. Okay. And I was like halfway through it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Start that. It's good. yeah it. Uh, Sunday. I didn't. Mine was more exegetical, or whatever you say the word. Even I can't even pronounce it. But anyway, it uh, you know I was in First Corinthians two, and then went back to First Corinthians one, and even mentioned some stuff from three. So yeah, it's. Uh, I used to be about a twenty to twenty five, now I think I'm up to thirty to thirty five, you know, probably minutes. Yeah. Is that well and, and that's that's perfectly
1: fine. The the only thing is is that <coughs> it, it's it's not it's not so much how much scripture you use per for the time that you have, it's just how long because people start to get distracted. They start to get, you know, what it was what what's the quote <coughs> you always say? Uh, the, mind the mind only can absorb, only can absorb what, the, what the sea can endure. Uh, endure. Right. So you know you can the like upstairs yeah, ups, yeah Who upstairs you with remember the kids. that. Upsa- upstairs with the kids, we go through the Bible chapter by chapter. We are doing straight exegetical because most of these kids are not reading their Bible at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the only opportunity that they actually have to read the Bible in context and so I'm giving them that and so it's not it doesn't matter how much of scripture you give to them in the time just that they're retaining it with the time mm-hmm. and they'll come up and they'll be excited about actually yeah. you know now they're, they're really excited yeah. about it and they'll be like who, I'll be like who wants to read first and they'll be like they'll, re, they'll throw their hands and up and you'll
0: learn it in this book you know how to mix it up you know you'll have scriptures you'll have an illustration you'll have yeah, I'll, examples I'll hey Corey come on in
1: In the middle of the scripture, and I'll stop and I'll give examples, things like that. Chair
0: right inside that door there. Yeah, yeah it, so.
1: Also, like, if you've got, you know, like I was saying,
3: you take a whole chapter and you're doing all of that, but you see you're losing over, you know, it's getting restless or whatever, you can yeah. also, um, you know, list out the verses and recommend it for further study later.
1: Because there's been times that I've preached on one verse, like, and then you just break it down. Yeah. You can go deep. Yeah. You, can go you can go deep. On if you if you're so yeah. I mean, you can, you can yeah. Really break it down, or you can take an
3: entire chapter and then whatever verses you didn't go over, or right. you can highlight like you know these verses, but recommend a deeper study of the entire chapter.
0: Mm-hmm. And that book you're fixing to study will help you a lot because question number sixteen is you have to write out and prepare. A sermon, yeah. There it's. I feel like the Holy Spirit's been telling me that for like I don't know months. <laughs> yeah, there you go. She's kind of, she's already gone through the book that that we're fixing to start yeah. here tonight, and uh, but she's going back and catching up on some of the ones she missed when she took a break. So she's kind of doing her own private study. But Corey, we just finished this book right here. We had a few minutes on it and we're starting, you just perfect timing. We're starting on this book right here. There's you a copy of it. I might
2: see uh, if John and Jen will with me because I like this discussion. Discussion, yeah. And, you know, just I bet they get would that, I know
0: you can do that. <laughs> well, like I said, it's it uh, we're gonna get you graduated. You bet for sure. Okay, this book, who's it by? Meyer Pullman Pearlman? He uh, has written several great books. It's got a lot of stuff here. The, the purpose of this book is to get you to know what you believe uh, and, what the, and, and basically make sure that what you do believe is lined up with, well, I don't have a Bible here, but lined up with the Word of God. So it's going to, as we look in the contents here, uh, we're going to start with knowing the Scriptures, how important they are, how that when we do preach, we back up what we say with the word of God. Other than if we don't, then it's just man's theories or man's uh, reasoning or man's thoughts. So, number one, we're going to look at the scriptures. Then we're going to look at God. That'll be a, a deep subject. Several pages there. You can see 30 or 5 or so on God. Then we're going to look at angels. Y'all believe in angels? Better. They're in, yeah. Man. uh That will be another great study. Sin. uh, Then the Lord Jesus Christ starts uh, chapter 6, which will help do away with that sin problem, won't it? Then the atonement, chapter 7. Salvation, chapter 8. The Holy Spirit. So, you know, I told you that one of the books was on the Spirit himself. We got a pretty good, thorough understanding of the Holy Spirit in that that book. But we're going to come back here kind of review it. That's how important I think that that...
1: Uh, I remember we spent several <coughs> weeks on the Holy Spirit chapter in this book. The
0: Holy Spirit, yeah. The
1: meaty
0: chapter. Yeah, the, in the old, we're going to look at him in the Old Testament, the New Testament, the, the gifts of the Spirit, the, all of that. So then chapter 10 is the church, and then the chapter 11, we'll actually get into some prophetic... Uh, things that are going to be happening. Uh, it's called The Last Thing. So that's kind of a outline for this book. In the introduction, uh, uh, he kind of says here there's something underlined on this very last uh, sentence here. On, it's Roman numeral seven, V-I-I, okay, at the bottom says, A man thinks in his heart, so is he. All a man's life turns on what he thinks, and most of all, on what he thinks of God. Isn't that good? I like that. You know, if we're going to preach the word or even just be a, a Christian, I think it's very important uh, to know what we believe, to know why we believe it, and be able to I think he was just right he was <laughs> Okay. Uh, you know, we need we need we need to know what again, why we believe such and such. And uh, and this, this this is the book for that. So the introduction here, the nature of Doctrine. What, is, what does doctrine mean? Teaching. Teaching. Good. Good. Instruction. Very good. Very good. Colin, he's had the book before, Can you, and it's been years ago. Well, not not years, but a year
2: couple a two years. Yeah,
0: year, year and a half. So, yeah.
2: it wasn't the first book you came in. in on this book? Oh yeah, it was. So it was three years ago. Two years. Yeah,
1: couldn't have been three. It was starting
0: the beginning of twenty twenty, so basically almost three years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So. He even goes, he goes a little further than those two words, teaching or instruction, but it may be defined as the fundamental truths of the Bible arranged in systematic form. Are there a lot of different doctrines? How many churches are there, do you think, in this town with different, a little bit different beliefs than than each other? Sixteen. Probably sixteen, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Some believe, you know, this way. Some believe you baptize in just the Lord Jesus Christ. Some, you know, very few churches believe in, in the Holy Spirit being poured out and still relevant today, right? I would say out of all the, let's say there's 25 churches here, I'm going to say there's probably five or less that would really preach what I call the full council of the word of god and you know we can show these other churches in the bible where you know in ephesians five or six different places you know ephesians uh i mean ephesians acts 2 acts 8 acts 9 acts 10 acts 19 you know we can show them all these scriptures where it happened but uh they still choose not to believe or discount it away that that was just for the early church or for some little some little something so Right, yeah. So doctrine—what you believe—your doctrine is so very important. Will there be people that will question your doctrine in ministry? Yeah, there will, and that's so that's the reason that we're trying to root you and ground you. You know, it's a reason for this course. And then Terry is starting uh, Terry Harris in January, even a, a, a more in-depth. Uh, it's going to be like a doctorate degree for those of you that have graduated from this class. And we may even open it up to to anyone that really just wants a, a better understanding of what they believe, why they believe. Uh, so it's going to be really uh, intense. I, we've gone through the book. He and I taught that book probably three or four years ago here, the whole thing. I mean, it's like that thick on a Wednesday night. Oh, was it the, what book was it? Uh, the uh Pentecostal, Pentecostal the yeah, theology I doing that book on was it a pretty intense stuff a yeah <laughs> I love that. yeah yeah I think it was over a year it, year, yeah, year. A yeah yeah we were team tagging yeah. tag teaming team tagging. tag teaming <laughs> on it so uh, anyway it's been a long day y'all have been out west today and I my my body hasn't caught up with my brain yet, I don't think, or something here. But anyway, and I'm hoarse from talking too much today. Uh, one more definition here uh, in that first paragraph. Theology or doctrine may be described as the science, there's that word, Colin, which deals with our knowledge of God and his relations to man. So, science, there it is. In the next pra- paragraph, he he says he, he defines what science is. Science is the systematic and logical arrangement of certified facts. Theology is called a science because it consists of facts relating to God and divine things presented in an orderly and logical manner. Does science back up uh, some of the things uh, that have happened in the Old Testament? A lot of the, they're still discovering. More and more things that that back up, you know, the holy canon. You know, from years, years and years ago. Constantly, you read. I think I just read something like a week ago where they unearthed some stuff. You know, uh, can't remember the story or what it was about, but it was pointing back. You know, to uh, to hey, this was really, really something maybe about Jericho or something. I can't remember, but yeah, the archaeologist. Yeah, the archaeologist dug up or something
1: yeah I, I do have something to share and I think I shared this uh, two years ago but uh, also they they believe that there's a possibility they found the remains of Noah's Ark on top of, uh, uh, Mount, T- of Mount Tiamat mm-hmm. in Turkey <laughs> yeah. that was in the news within the
0: last week uh,
1: yeah, I've seen that a few times yeah.
0: that was another uh, one so again uh, theology is called a science because it consists of facts relating to God. Theo, that's what, if you look at the word Theo, that means God, okay? God knowledge. So what is the connection between theology and religion? Religion comes from a Latin word meaning to bind. That's about the truth, too. I despise, y'all have heard me say it from the pulpit, I despise religion. It's, uh, and so did Jesus, by the way. He called them white- whitewashed sepulchres and you uh what's the other hypocrites full of dead men's bones and all kinds of <laughs> he 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 wouldn't
3: language, that's for sure
0: yeah yeah he, he did not like religion, but religion means to bind. It represents those activities which bind man to God in a certain relationship. Theology is knowledge about God. thus religion is practice while theology is knowledge.
3: verses, so bear with me. But uh, as far as religion, and, and, you know, and and obviously we're not trying to be, you know, we don't want to be ritualistic in our relationship with God because that's not what we're trying to do. Religion is that, you know, going through the motions versus having the relationship, and it's, you know, legalism and all that kind of thing. But at the same time, like, for religion to mean uh, to bind— i don't know that it was originally intended to be so negative because wouldn't couldn't it have been meant to bind man to god like to to bind christ with his followers and his children because isn't there a verse that says religion is good for man i want to say it was paul
0: i've never now i've never seen that Uh, religion is good for man I'm trying to think of even something that would be paraphrased. Yeah,
3: I'm, I'm going to look it up because I don't want to okay. sound crazy. But I mean, my point is, I, I don't know that it's now. Obviously, religion has been has become.
0: What's wrong with it is man has got a hold of it.
3: Right, exactly. So I mean, I don't know that it's original intention. It, it
0: could have been a good thing right, originally. All right, but yeah, I'm mean, with you on that. Yeah, okay. I see what you're. I see where you're going on that. Anything man gets a hold of, you know, that's the reason religion is. Yeah, you, you know, it. It can become heartless, can it? Even the law. The law was a good thing, the way Christ set it up. But it became just ritualistic. And and uh, everyone was seeing to make sure that the lamb was a certain way and that they dotted the every I and crossed every T. And that's still, that's uh, the law is still in operation today in a lot of churches that don't even realize they're under bondage, right? Mm-hmm. They're just still doing things.
3: Right, they're just going through because that's what they believe that they're
0: supposed to do and it's not from the heart, so anytime anytime we're worshiping God or preaching about you know we're preaching about God whatever we're doing if we're not being used of the Holy Spirit and we're just conjuring these things up in ourself it's uh it's it's not good, and that's what God would get so upset with them about you know is they they were not uh doing it for the right purpose and with the right uh motivation well that's a terrible word but they were not doing it properly so (coughs) so here he says, i like this religious uh they were religious without possessing a systematic knowledge of doctrinal truth (coughs) if you know these things happy are you if you do them is god's message to the theologian study to show yourself approved unto god a workman that needs not to be ashamed Rightly dividing the word of truth, Second Timothy two fifteen. I would memorize that one. Most of you already know it, right? Study to show yourselves proved unto God. Yep. Amen. So there was also two scriptures I was going to read at the start of this. They're not in your book. Can someone find John seven sixteen through eighteen? This is Jesus. Some of his uh, uh, thinking here on on doctrine. And then who's got that one? Are you getting it, Angie? John. Okay, John 7, 16 through 18. And then, oh, yeah. uh, Lisa, you want to grab Ephesians 4, 14, and 15. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry for my voice.
2: speak on my own authority he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true and no unrighteousness is in him
0: here's the son of God said my doctrine is not even mine it comes from where my father powerful isn't it and then this one here is going to be about being carried around by every there's a lot of people that just bounce around from one little hot flame to a to another one. That's
3: And it was for what?
0: Ephesians uh, 4 14 through 15.
3: Okay. Like uh, Honestly. <laughs> um, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Man, that's so. It's such a perfect um, description of how a lot of professing Christians are right now, um, and have been for decades. They mm-hmm. just—it's like co coworker and I were actually discussing this today. Um, there, it's—it's it's this lack of desire for study, and a choice to just blindly follow whatever the man in the pulpit is telling you, mm-hmm. and. You know, a a good pastor is going to say, hey, if I get it wrong, come say something to me. You know, let me know. You know, if I repeatedly get it wrong, Study to show
0: yourself approved. Yeah, Yeah. you
3: know, and so it's – but that's what we – we have so many people who just want to blindly follow whatever they're told. Well, I heard blah, 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 but did you study it? Did you find it, you know? For yourself. Like me wanting to make sure I said the verse right a minute ago, which I didn't. (laughs) It was uh, John 127 about the um, pure religion. And,
0: Undefiled um, and is to visit the Right. Okay. And
3: so it's like in that context, I can see where religion wouldn't be a bad thing. But the thing is you're not going to find pure religion, pure religion in man because in we fall yeah. short. Yeah. So, so that's, that's kind of that, <clears throat> that give and take there. So.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Amen. So, so write, write those two scriptures in your, in your book if you want to. John. 7:16 through 18 this is Jesus saying I don't even preach what I want to preach. I preach what the Father, you know, instructs me to preach. Yeah, and then Ephesians 4:14 4, through 15. This is one that cautions you about being carried around by every new wave and every kind of doctrine in these last days. Uh Ephesians 4:14 4, and 15. And we're going to see a lot of this, I think, in the last last days, John 7. 16 through eighteen. We've got Christians walking around
3: with crystals around their neck and getting their
1: tarot cards read. And <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, in, in that in that regard, I've I, I was actually watching i a, a, I've been watching some videos from a pastor and. He brought on this guy who used to be a satanic, uh, uh, like a general, basically in the Satanic Temple, and became a became a Christian. And he and he kind of went extreme. He's like, "You don't understand the power of the devil." I'm like, "I understand the power of God." Right? <laughs> it's like, so I understand that when we make ourselves, when we invite the devil in, then we make ourselves susceptible. Mm-hmm. But as long as we understand as long as we maintain our relationship with god then there is no power the devil can hold over us yeah. and those things have no power That's right. because they are based uh, they are based upon a cheap imitation of what god already offers and light and dark cannot possess the same location exactly. so if your soul is possessed by light it cannot be overtaken by darkness exactly. if your soul is possessed by darkness it cannot be Getting on my sermon from
0: Sunday now, aren't you? Walk in the light. There you go. Yes. (laughs) And you've heard me say many times from the pulpit, the only power the devil has is what we give him. He has no power, no authority. But people give him a lot because he, you know, subtly, sneakily gets into their mind and plants these thoughts and they entertain them. And before long, uh, here we go, you know. So it's, quick, you know, it's important to shut him down quick. Give him no place, no opportunity. Okay, all right. We're getting off here. Uh, what is the difference between a doctrine and a dogma? I think of a dogma as a creed. Let's see what he says here. A doctrine is God's revelation of a truth as found in the Scripture. Dogma is man's statement of that truth as set forth in a creed. Anybody ever heard of the Nicene Creed? N I C E N E. You might look at that. I know the. At the
1: Council
0: of yeah, Catholics. I know believe a lot in it, but it, you can read it for yourself. It's a couple of paragraphs, but you know it. It's, we we believe in God the Father and the Creator. We believe in Jesus Christ, and then the, down in the very last paragraph, it even says we believe in the Holy Spirit. So that's a creed that someone wrote out and. uh It's been a while since I've read it, but I think it's pretty solid doctrinally, if I remember correctly. Because it talks about Jesus, uh, you know, coming as the Savior of man and resurrected, if I remember correctly. Again, I haven't read it in a while, but I just thought of that when I saw the word. Oh, is it in here? Okay, maybe later on we get under God. Okay. I think you're right, actually. So we'll, we'll probably look at that later. But that's an example of a creed, how it's different from... From, uh, a doctrine a doctrine is God's revelation of a truth as found in where the word of God so okay why do we need doctrine what's the value of knowing what you believe <laughs>
1: how can you make disciples of something that you don't do, truly know how, what you believe in yeah.
0: <clears throat> again there's, there's a lot of Bible colleges aren't there the united states and they're all teaching their doctrine aren't they you know i was raised in the assemblies of god and i can remember even when i you know got my license when i was i was 18 years old when i got credentialed with the assemblies of god but there was a book called the 16 fundamental truths of the assemblies of god you know we believe in god we believe in jesus we believe in the holy spirit we believe in the the rapture of the church. We believe in the, the the second coming of Christ. We believe in angels. I can't remember even name all of them now. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Uh, all of these different uh, water baptism. You know, on and on. But uh, even back then, you know, you you read all of those. And again, as a young man, I can remember thinking, I want to search this out for myself. I want to make sure. And I did. And I was glad I did. And they do have a pretty solid uh, uh, doctrine. Now, are they a little bit legalistic, le- legalistic towards law? Yeah. They're, they're getting less. They're
1: they're getting, get, yeah, less,
0: they're, yeah. Get, they're getting less. Back then, this was 1972 or three, somewhere along in there, uh, they had membership cards that if you wanted to be a member of their church, there's a little pink card about that big. I promise I will not smoke, spit, cuss, go to dances, go to movies, wear short dresses. I mean, just write down the, it was, it was.
1: And that right there is a
3: prime example of the importance of not just knowing your doctrine, like having it drilled into your head,
0: like the catechism, but knowing it. Ownership. Jesus, I'm sorry, I love
3: Yeah. where a lot, and I'm not going to say anyone has, you know, gotten oh, they're just so wrong, because like you said, m- most of their line-by-line doctrine is on point, like there's there's not anything about it, but a lot of um, denominations have put their own man-made spin Twist. in there. And it's like I just, I have such a hard time with it, because it's like show me where when Jesus helped the woman that was caught in adultery and about to be stoned to death, when he helped her up off the ground, did he tell her that she should stop being a prostitute or or stop, uh, you know, having sex outside of, like, he didn't, he didn't say. Condemn her. He, right, right. He, wasn't, he even
0: said that, I do not condemn you. Right, he you. said, I
3: don't condemn you. He didn't say stop wearing that color of a dress or, you know, he he didn't he didn't say anything like a terrible
0: that. person you, he just
3: said just like, go, go sin, sin, sin no more <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and it's just like there's something better right you know he didn't say anything right like that. and Taking it's just so frustrating to to hear humans try to put a spin on something that's already so simple
2: and perfect yeah <laughs> Corey's so in deep thought did just say something okay okay <laughs> Like we – I think you said there was 25 different churches in town or 25 different Just guess. Just guess. denominations or something like that.
0: There's 60. Okay. Okay. So – There's a bunch.
2: If – I really think that even within uh, a small church like ours, that if everybody doesn't line up what they hear with the word – and let the Holy Spirit interpret it, not try to interpret it with their mind or because of their mother or, you know, whoever, that they're not going to get the authentic meaning of it and understanding and knowledge of it. And it will be a subset of doctrines all the way across the house. Yeah. You might have a Pentecostal name outside, but in here you could have all kinds you know, not trying to name our church or anything. Right. That's not the point. Right. Any building, I don't care if it's Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Catholic, it can be. If the Holy Spirit is not interpreting whatever doctrine they have, you know, and it's lining up with the word, mm-hmm. it could be witchcraft. It yeah. could be anything. Yeah.
3: It's not that there's anything wrong with the Enneagram. What happens when churches try to use it to determine a person to determine a person's spiritual giftings instead of allowing what is lined out to be spiritual giftings in the Bible being used. Now the reason I said it looked like witchcraft was because it reminded me of these things we used to do. In witchcraft, where we would set certain symbols out, and we would divide it up, and there was like a numeric this, and a numeric that, and if you match this, and you match this, you match this, like that's just kind of what you lined up with, and it, was it, like it, it, it was wow. very much akin to that, and it was very similar. And you to were that. in that for a while. Yeah. So I'm not saying that that is, but it reminded me of, and a lot of churches put a lot of stock into man-made personality quizzes.
4: All right, now I do want <laughs> <laughs> no, you got uh, him revved up. You uh, pushed no, the button. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I am open. You know, I, I try to keep my mind as open as possible. So that's why when you said something about it, I'm like, well, you know, I, I want to learn, right? Is there something yeah. about it that I do need to stay clear of? Like uh, Sheila has really turned my opinion of Halloween around. You know, she's on a kick. Everyone knows, I'm sure. And uh, I couldn't agree with her more. You know, last night she was like saying, you know, she – she and Sadie were doing their thing, and I was with the girls. Do, we were doing our thing, and she was making some assumptions about what we were doing from past Halloweens. And I said, um, "I mean, I, actually, that's not true. We're not doing you know, we there's we blo- we blocked out everything that was um, spooky or scary, and we kept it really, really um, like a fall festival. Exactly, yeah. Just it was can. about candy, you know. I mean, we kept it very. Uh, it it, it was a very uh, different Halloween than what we would normally do and um, my point in in saying all that is that I want to keep an open mind and when someone you know I am open to something that I'm doing not being ideal and if so wanting to uh, be informed enlightened and corrected having said that to circle back around to the Enneagrams it's very similar to like Myers Briggs or something like that, Th- and and to relate what you're saying regard to enneagram, regarding enneagrams in the church, drawing a uh, um, an analogy would be uh, you know using Myers Briggs in a corporation, and there are right ways to do it and wrong ways to do it. So people who and in the, the HR department who are hiring and they're doing Myers Meyer-Bri- Myers Briggs before they hire and they're drawing. Based on the Myers Briggs, and then and then uh, excluding people from from being candidates because that is a form of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for discrimination. discrimination. Thank you. That's a form of discrimination, and so um, we're really cautious anytime we use something in in the business because we don't want to discriminate. Right? It's the, the the intent, the reason we use in an any Enne- the enneagram and, and our business is because we had some personnel issues that were really difficult and I'm going to wrap it up. Sorry. No,
0: no, you're good. uh, Keep going. uh,
4: And the Enneagram actually allowed us to resolve these things. Identifying that I'm a challenger. Mm. So uh, anyone that knows me well will know that I'm constantly challenging myself first and everyone around me. Um, The majority of my conversations are you're doing great now let's take it up the next level mm. and so it, to the point where it can wear people out right <laughs> and that's important to recognize about me because i i don't i can be overbearing i want to and i don't want that i want to challenge people but i want to do it in a way that is comfortable yeah and and i had a, a person on my team who was really just uh constantly taking on more work than she could do and she would she that's right. She you was two. it. She was yes. Ed- yes, ed- yes. She wanted, she. I got a therapist
1: for a wife. I discuss this yes. stuff all the time. Uh, and I <laughs> love it. And I love I'm the living example
4: right here. <laughs> are you too? She's high
1: agreeable.
4: Uh, I, I yeah. believe that. Yeah, absolutely. So so I, I guess my, my to, to to summarize, and then I'll get rid of this, this mic because I'm not much of a mic guy. But <laughs> to summarize is that uh, I, I think there are a lot of valuable tools. And how we use them mm-hmm. differentiates their um, it differentiates whether we're using them for good or evil, right? right. Exactly. Good.
1: And the difference between whether you're using it for good or evil is what is your standard for good. And that's where the Bible comes in. That is your standard for good because outside of that... It's kind of subjective, and when you have that subjectivity, you run into a lot of the problems that we're having in society today. It all the way yes, I did. <laughs>
2: and when when we are judged, we're going to be judged by the intentions of our heart. Mm-hmm. Intentions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, isn't, there, isn't there a scripture that
4: says you know half the the hell good intentions or whatever? <laughs> well, it's a common. I think idea.
2: it's probably not in the yeah. book, but it's it. Yeah. it, yeah. it <laughs> well, it says that. that
0: I actually have a sermon called Good Intentions that I preached probably 10 years ago. It does say that it
1: is narrow and difficult.
0: Yeah. And back to this. I guess this is a tool that you would use in business to determine someone's uh, mental aptitude, their giftings, their their personality. See, I use, and I've taught on this, and I like it, uh, the guy that wrote the book, The Purpose Driven Life. uh, What's his name? Rick Warren. He also has a book called The Purpose Driven Church. And a lot of times when people come into your church, you're trying to get them plugged in. And one thing I don't do is try to force, you know, a lot of pastors would say, hey, we need a youth, youth worker, you know, come on, you'd be good at that. Well, how do you know? That's not, that may not be their giftings, you know. So he uses an acronym called SHAPE, S-H-A-P-E. S is what are their spiritual gifts. I like that that was That's number one, number <laughs> H. Yeah, number H is what's your heart. You know, I can't remember what A was, but P is your passion, I believe, or maybe your personality, your personality. You don't want uh, the guy that's, you know, cleaning the toilets, you greeting people, you know, probably, you know, what's your personality, are you outgoing, or, you know, and then the E is your experiences that you've had in life, so it's a, it's a good, I keep that in mind when people come in, and they do eventually come to me and say, uh, Pastor, I would like to get plugged in here, we really like this church, and. We've got some new families coming in now, a couple, three, that we want to get plugged in, but I'm not going to go and force them into some role that, you know, and then if they don't know for sure what their giftings are, sometimes I'll say, well, why don't you, you know, maybe try this and, and see how you like that and try the street ministry or try this or yeah. something to try to get them plugged in. And we need workers. Don't oh, believe me, We could we could handle about... We had about twenty more. I've always said this. We had about ten, even ten more committed, faithful people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we'd have had even three more, we could have done so much more of it. Some people just want to come to church and do the nod to God. You've just, I mean, it's just, it's just uh, a fact, you know. They don't realize the blessing of of getting involved. But well, we've chased that rabbit from around. The- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it'll help somebody. If you're listening, run it. (laughs) No. Okay. The value. The value of doctrine. Mm -hmm. Knowing what time is it? Let's see. Okay, we're good. Okay, we're still good. good. Doctrinal knowledge supplies the need for an authoritative and systematic statement of truth. And I said it a while ago we need to know that we know what we believe, why we believe it and if someone asks you why you believe it well the pre you know you don't say well the preacher that's what the preacher said that's what oral robert said that's what so and so said no what what does the word of god say and that's what this book's going to be about you're going to there going to be so many scriptures rolling around in your brain you're
1: you oh my goodness
0: yes you you're, you're going to be uh it was waking up in the night quoting scriptures but uh there's a tendency in some quarters not only to minimize the value of doctrine but to dismiss it as outgrown and useless. Do we see that?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
0: just like Lisa just said, just women
3: in a world yeah. Gray area,
0: wants any yeah, they just go to church and go through the the motions. I, you know, I, I think it's time that you know, if you don't,
3: co- if you don't claim any one specific doctrine then you can be held responsible for violating. Right.
0: Doctrine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are people, believe me, that are getting trained in what they believe oh, and it's yeah. it, it's uh, we've touched on it some Sunday there you know the the quote woke culture the Gnostics you know that, that's a form of Gnosticism you, can, I, you know geez.
1: I never made that connection until you said it on Sunday I was like it really is like some sort of some convoluted form of, form of Gnosticism because it is just a pursuit of knowledge science is the penultimate yeah. is, the, is the penultimate God and yeah. Uh, the pursuit of science. And I know more than, than you are beneath me because I have the secret to life. Yeah,
0: you don't know how to talk. Yeah. You don't know how to walk. You don't know how to do nothing. I'm the one that – I'm this culture that I'm going to tell you what to do, where to live, how to how to do it. So, it, yeah, it's a, definitely a form of of Gnosticism. So it's very important. With a touch of narcissism. <laughs> yeah, 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 There you go. But, okay. He, he goes on here. Every person has a theology. That's what we're talking about right here. Every person has a theology, whether he knows it or not. Man's actions are influenced by what he believes. True right here, right? We are influenced by what. And I'm a product today. I'm a product of what I, of my belief system, aren't I? What I believe uh, uh, influences me. Heavily, my life my friends my yeah the whole uh, world concept yeah so now he gives an example for example there would be a wide difference between the conduct of a ship's crew who knew that they were headed for a definite destination and a crew who realized that they were just drifting aimlessly without a definite course or destination but a lot of people you'd be surprised how many live their life never finding their purpose just drift through life because they don't go to the one who made them and and let him reveal his purpose you know to their life so they go through their whole life trying to figure out life and uh, I've done funerals you know a lot of times they're good people in a lot of ways but they they didn't do what they didn't do what God had called them to do you can tell they just eked out an existence you know life is you know jesus said life is more than food and raiment it's more than just paying the bills and put getting new clothes isn't it yeah. it's it's standing before god someday say god i exactly i listened to you i wanted your will and and i've said it a lot lately but i i want to get to the place where i have no will of my own i want god's will more than anything else and i'm an old man here i'm you know trying to teach some of the younger ones here if you if you can get this, if I'd have had this twenty, thirty years ago, you know, my life, I'm sure would have made a different a different uh, pathway even back oh, then all that Thank you, buddy. Human life is a journey from time to eternity, and it matters much. Underline that it matters much. Whether one believes that it is an aimless, meaningless journey, or one planned by man's maker. Did God make you? Do we do we settle that here tonight? Am I made by God? For God? That's that's basically it. I wouldn't be here if he didn't want me to be. I nearly died, you know, when I was being delivered, you know, but he left me here. Uh, Jeremiah twenty. 9/11. You can write this out in the side of your column. I know the plans I have for you, saith God. Plans to do you good and not harm. and Plans to prosper you in all your ways. So that's kind of my take on it. But we can, you can look that up later and read it. God is the only one qualified to manage my life. He's the only one. He has the honors <laughs> there you go. the blueprint for lisa's life see it 20 years down the road wouldn't that be awesome no i'd probably freak out i way too much control for you, you may be a you may be a grand <laughs> you may be a grandma in 20, 20 years yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that car
1: whoa Nice. in his 30s that's acceptable the other two absolutely not
0: Okay, I'm telling you the value we're talking about the value of doctrine number two doctrinal knowledge is essential to the full development of Christian character strong beliefs make for strong character clear cut beliefs make for clear cut convictions everybody understand convictions right Of course, a person's doctrinal belief is not his religion, any more than the backbone is the man's personality. <laughs> I like that. But as good as good backbone is as an essential part of a man's body, so a definite system of belief, yeah, is an essential, an, essential, is an essential part of man's religion. It has been well said that a man does not need to wear his backbone in front of him, but he must have a backbone. And a straight one, or he will be a flexible, if not a humpback, Christian. We have a lot of humpback I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you. So, it's important, is it not? It's essential to, to our full development to dig into the Word, to get into the Word, let the Word get into you and and change you into the man or woman God wants you to be. Okay, there's a French Unitarian preacher I once made these statements. Period of heart and life is more important than correctness of opinion. Do we see that a lot? Yeah. To which another French preacher answered, healing is more important than the remedy. But without the remedy, there would be no healing. Mmm. Pretty profound right there. Certainly, it is more important to live the Christian life than to merely know Christian doctrine. We've met some of those people before. But there would be no Christian experiences if there were no Christian doctrine. They go together, don't they? They go together. Anybody getting something out of this? You know,
3: it's it's interesting how, where was it a little bit earlier in that, you know, where, um, you know, it, You know, doctrine will always be necessary. Where did I come from? What I am? And then further down, you know, the clear-cut convictions and, and you know, the foundational, you know, formation and all of that. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting how, like, your doctrine, once you really determine where you're at and what your belief is and, and, and whatnot, um, how wisdom can change your – wisdom and life experience can change your perception of the same doctrine. Mm-hmm. You know I I remember when I first got saved I had a friend um, that and I was so just and I can't imagine you guys would ever think this about me but I was so black and white and gung-ho and just it's either good or you know or it's terrible and it should just go away and And uh, I remember – I can't remember what the topic was. It was probably some super hot topic like abortion or homosexuality or something like that. And, of course, I was like, You know, and I remember she said, um, that's okay, that's okay. In ten years, we'll talk again. And she didn't mean it like I would be saying that it's okay or that Mm -hmm. I was agreeing with it. But I was just so – The opposite of showing love is where I was. I was just, Mm -hmm. oh, no, you're wrong. You're going to hell, you know, and it was just this terrible thing. Um, And it wasn't necessarily that the foundation was wrong. The presentation. It was that human getting involved. And then as I have grown, and I have had, you know, of course, my own life experiences with, you know, some of that, but um, how wisdom and life experience has brought me to a different section of the clock if you will you know I was I was standing at one o'clock looking at it and now I'm down here further around four or five o'clock looking at it and and I have a a softened point of view and and there's so much more love in my heart to 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 show to to somebody same here here. right you know and so it's like doctrine is important that that spine is important and and standing up straight is important but also allowing life experience and wisdom and the Holy Spirit to um, influence your train of or your, your know, the, the way that your you Your belief represent. system, yeah. Yeah, like allowing him to influence you and mold you and and, and, and continue to bring you around that same doctrine, yeah. but just changing your point of view and your perception. Yeah. Oh,
0: if, right. if you'd have heard me preach 40 years ago, believe me, it's a lot. I've got some recordings. Yes. <laughs> I haven't listened to them in a long time.
1: But. Well, and I think when you first, and because I was the same way, I was very militant about black and white, which it's still black and white but the, what changes is that at least in my, in my mind what changes is that y- you start out with the, the fervor that God has in his repugnancy of sin you start out that way and then you start to take on his form of love where you want to help these people you're not here to condemn them you're not yeah. mad at them for 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 not seeing the way seeing God the way that you do. You're not mad at them. You've taken on God's love. His love has grown within you, and so you begin to see the same situation through God's eyes and not your own. Good point. Did God not evolve in the same way from the Old Testament to the New Testament? Yes, exactly. From law exactly. to grace. Good yeah. point. <laughs> well, no, no. He, his opinion of these things has not changed. He.
2: <laughs>
1: Patience and long-suffering, yes. Well, I mean, he he knew that he was going to put Jesus on the cross when he called Abraham. So he knew that. Yeah, went from the foundations of the earth. He knew that Jesus was going to end up being on that cross, on a Roman cross. He knew that. And he knew that his creation was going to be tempted and was going to fail and was going to choose. And that's why we choose to love him. Because if he forced us, then we would just be moist robots. Yeah, and
3: much like the healing and remedy
1: example. <coughs> good word. Yeah, story. yeah. Moist. <coughs>
3: similar to
0: that um, Story of the healing and the remedy. Yeah,
3: so much like that, the healing and the remedy, like what you were saying. Y'all are being terrible. I'm just kidding. Um, but like what you were saying, Corey, uh, about uh, you know how it changes from Old Testament to New Testament. It's like could we as human beings fully, not that we fully understand now. Let's be honest. But, See through a
0: glass light, through a glass dark, Right? Little-
3: could we fully accept that grace for what it is if we hadn't seen? Right, yeah. right, yeah, and so Old Testament God, you know, s- you know, smiting here and a smiting there, and just not, you know, knocking them all down, and you know, doing what he needed to do, uh, but then later with all this grace, you know, it's it's similar to that. You know, we we have to be able to see that at least. Thankfully, we're not having to experience it, but to appreciate this and to understand the importance of this. Yeah,
1: good well, stuff. And that, and that I'm going to go biblical with you. Um, there, there's only two times that that people in scripture have seen God face to face. What was their reaction both times? Woe is me. I'm unclean. I'm going to die. They fall flat on their face and they are repentant immediately. And they just, they are convicted to their core, to the core of themselves. And they were both solidly Christian or not Christian, solidly God faith filled and righteous people. But even then, they were so unclean when they're, within their flesh that they felt like they were going to die in the face of purity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So come, Yeah, exactly. We can't even come close to compare it. There we
0: go. Number three. And this is a this is a very important one. This is why this book takes how long? Yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It took us a yeah. Year. Doctrinal knowledge is a safeguard. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're on page three, right? Yeah. you your embedded into that
2: mic.
0: Yeah, there you go. Doctrinal knowledge is a safeguard against error. Very important. Very important. Uh, men in their ignorance conceived superstitious notions about the stars and the result was the false science of astrology. Men conceived false ideas about the plants, attributing virtues which they did not possess, and the result was witchcraft. Man in his blindness formed wrong conceptions of God (coughs) and the result was paganism with its superstitions and corruptions. But astronomy came with true principles about heavenly bodies and so exposed the errors of astrology. Botany came with the truth about plants and so banished the errors of witchcraft. In like manner, here we go, Bible doctrine exposes false notions about God and his way. She, kind of, she was kind of wincing
2: at witchcraft and I, and I think the witchcraft it's referring to in that book is
1: alchemy. Right, right. So Witchcraft you might have been dealing with was probably a lot more demonically. Well, uh, yeah, I wasn't yeah. even talk, thinking about that,
3: but conceived false ideas about the plants attributing virtues that they did not possess, and the result was witchcraft. It's like, okay, but not
0: not all it's flowers. All about the intentions. It's mm.
3: all about what your your belief is and your intentions
0: behind that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, your motive That's and your cool. yeah. Let no man think error in doctrine a slight practical evil. No. Road to Perdition has ever been more thronged than that of false doctrine. Error is a shield over the conscience and a bandage over the eyes. Just in, even in our, genera- you know, David Koresh, Jim Jones, uh, on and on and on. Just uh, you know, just just. Uh, What's that, Westboro Baptist? Yeah, Westboro Baptist. Oh. On and on. So there's there's always going to be people with warped, uh, unrealistic. Uh, demonic, even, I'm going to go that far, concepts. Uh, and a better the, way to
3: infiltrate than to take a
0: church? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, exactly. So number four, doctrinal knowledge is a necessary part of the Christian teacher's equipment. If you're going to be a uh, in ministry, you're going to be teaching, you're going to be preaching. Sunday I was more teaching than I was preaching. Everybody noticed that? It was more teaching on discernment, how to know the mind of of Christ and <coughs> in your life. So Uh, when a consignment of goods reaches a store the goods are unpacked and they're placed in their proper compartments and receptacles so that they may be handled in an orderly manner do we need orderly management of the word of God yes this is a rather homely illustration of one person of one purpose of systematic study the Bible indeed follows a central theme but the various truths relating to its great theme are scattered throughout the various books in order, therefore, to gain a comprehensive view of each doctrine, impart it to others. One must gather the references relating to it, place them in compartments, topics. And that's what this old book is going to be about. We're going to talk about starting with the scriptures. That's chapter 1, then God, then, you know, all down through there. So, at what time is it now? we got five minutes? Okay, five minutes. We'll hit this. This is the different classifications of doctrine you heard Colin use this word a couple of times tonight. exegetical theology. That, that word means uh, to draw out the, uh, the truth. It seeks to ascertain the true meaning of the scriptures. Uh, the word Exodus actually means to draw out too if you look at that. kind of taken from the same root word. It's the knowledge of the original language, languages in which the scriptures were written. everybody understand the Old Testament was written in what? Hebrew New Testament and a little bit of Aramaic in places so yeah that's very important to understand that your strongs I encourage all of you you know some yeah they have an app now it's do you the big the big knock it over somebody's head in their dead book I mean it's this this it's big, big and it's huge. that thick but If you know one word of any scripture strong's concordance and it gives you like the it it will give you the original word in ancient Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic and give you the literal definition of every word in the Bible in its entirety. Hebrew and Hebrew Greek. Greek. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, If we if you didn't break it down and really understand, Under- saying, exactly, saying, exactly, yeah. I would still
0: be sitting here thinking I wouldn't love to talk. <laughs> exactly. Good luck, with that. good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Strong yeah, concordance. If you don't have one, you will. It will come in real handy. Okay, we're, wrap, we're wrapping up. I'm going to hit these other four really quick. Historical theology traces the history. Uh, of the development of doctrinal interpretation. It involves the study of church history. We're going to look at that. We do that in ages and dispensations. And then dogmatic. Anybody know what dogmatic means? That's kind of stubborn, right? If you're dogmatic, you're stubborn theology. It's the study of fundamentals of the faith as set forth in church creeds. And then biblical theology traces the progress of truth through the several books of the Bible and describes the manner which each writer presents the important doctrines. For example, in studying the doctrine of the atonement, according to this method, one would study how the subject was dealt with in the various sections of the Bible, both in the Old Testament, probably, in the, the New. Uh, he uses the Acts, the Epistles, Revelation. And then the last one is systematic theology. In this branch of study, the biblical teachings... Concerning God and man are arranged in topics. That's kind of what we're going to do here. According to a definite system, for example, scriptures relating to the nature work of Christ are classified under the heading doctrine of Christ. So, uh, in closing, (laughs) this last paragraph, the material contained in this book is a combination of biblical and systematic theology. It's listed to five, and he's telling you here the two, systems that he's going to use uh, is biblical and that the truths are taken from the scriptures and the study is guided by the questions number one what do the scriptures say about it there's the exposition <coughs> and number two what do the scriptures mean interpretation so that's kind of the order of wow well, we're going to study this book thank you all for being here you're a pretty good bunch Wanna hit, hit the stop button in there for us? Any prayer needs before we uh, uh just that my kids keep getting better. Yes, this uh, there's not been any fever in the house since Bye-bye. Saturday.